Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. I'm holding a copy of the May-June <gasps> issue of Wake Living Magazine. Oh, do tell, Matt. Well, let me just take a moment to open it up here. Just browse through. Oh, is that the, the best of the reader's choice? It is. On the front it says, Top Dogs, and it has a picture of a dog. Truth in advertising. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you see. <laughs> yes, this is the reader's choice episode or issue, issue as they yeah. say in the print we're on i'm reading a visual podcast <laughs> i was literally trying to find something else it was on the wake living website what were you trying to find a restaurant recommendation for someone lo and behold there we were what? best local podcast yeah cue the confetti <laughs> that was a pleasant surprise to stumble across that very exciting that the readers of Wake Living voted us best local podcast. Thanks to those who voted. Especially because we know there are a lot of really good podcasts that come out of this area. And congrats to Max. Yeah. The second place, North Carolina. Food and beverage. F&B. Yeah. Matt, in the best date night restaurant, I noticed that <gasps> Melting Pot is not... It's not one of the finalists? <laughs> it's not one of the finalists. What? <laughs> Honestly, if it was, then I would say, oh, this award doesn't mean anything. <laughs> if the readers of Wake Living think Melting, Melting Pot. This award's not worth the cheese it was dipped in at that point. <laughs> Speaking of the Finest Work yeah. fans, we get a lot of emails from what appear to be Finest Work fans. Now, obviously, we've got really engaged Finest Work fans and listeners because you all went out of your way to vote us best local podcast. Like Matt said, we get lots of emails from Finest Work fans. And we'd like to answer some of those in a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This Kenny Gmail is from Corrine Krolchik at gmail.com. Corrine writes, wonderful blog. I found it while surfing around on Yahoo News. Do you have any suggestions on how to get listed on Yahoo News? I've been trying for a while, but I never seem to get there. Appreciate it. First, we're on Best Local Podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. Then we're featured on Yahoo News. Man, what's next? GeoCities? <laughs> <laughs> what's on Yahoo News? Yeah, you know what is on Yahoo News? Read the old headlines. Major mess, quote, U.S. territory assesses typhoon damage. Speaking of a major mess, Yahoo News, it's got like ads everywhere. Really? Yeah. I wish I had better advice on how to get on Yahoo News. Corrine Krolchik. <laughs> Trump goes scorched earth on DeSantis with freaky Hitler slash Satan posts. I see we're going with the New York Daily News approach to headline. Thanks to our sponsor, Yahoo News. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, Clickbait. <laughs> Matt, speaking of Kenny G, our friend and two-time guest, Troy Fairbank. <laughs> I thought you were saying Kenny G was our two-time <laughs> yeah. guest. I was like, man, you don't remember? I was out those days. <laughs> How do you think we got the recording of yeah, the sax? That's true. And, and the fact that he is able to play it and then say, Kenny G, man, <laughs> at the same time, that dude is so talented. That's, yeah, there's a reason he's on top. <laughs> Troy Fairbank let us know that he's playing at the North Carolina Museum of Art. Matt, what's it going to take for us to open? I think the Wake Living Reader's Choice is the first step. Yeah. Maybe that'll get his <laughs> manager's attention. You know, it'd be the great way to open this smooth jazz concert. A couple of local yahoos. <laughs> we would only do it if we had him on the side of the stage. And when we did Kenny G, he had to play the opening. And then we're like, all right, that's enough, Kenny G. Get backstage. What would be in our like backstage rider for the green room, the dressing room? It's at the North Carolina Museum of Art. Yeah. So we'd each get to pick up painting to take home. To take home. That's in there. I would want some Arby's yeah. delivered in. 
just because. Why not? Know, why you got not? a writer. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine this would happen, but if any of y'all happen to go to the Kenny G concert at the North Carolina Museum of Art, please, when he plays the song. Uh-huh. The song. The song. Please yell out Kenny G mail. <laughs> if you record it, what do we give him? I don't know. We'll give you a shout out. We'll give you a shout out. <laughs> we'll play that junk on yeah. here. Better yet, when he's playing it, yell, bring out Mad Mad. Hey, can you imagine going to see Kenny G? Sitting there for two hours listening to him play the saxophone? Sounds pretty sexy. Man, no thanks. All right, Matt. Now it's time for Share Time. Again, yes. not share. Share. <laughs> share time. Yes, it's share time, but that is not share. What? Of course it is. Come on, <sighs> Matt. Actually, let me see who this is. Oh, it's Tina Turner. <laughs> let me see who this is. <laughs> I've not heard that one before. Yeah, I didn't type this in and hit play. <laughs> Matt, Tina Turner passed away yesterday. We discussed Tina last season, and it was such a fun time to talk about the impact she had and the comeback she really had with that album greatest comeback a legacy for not just female pop soul rock artists but people who have been through abuse and domestic abuse Mm -hmm. and come out on the other side with heads held high and charting her own course so it was a great life of tina turner yeah share time is our opportunity to offer up a little recommendation maybe it's something matt or i've read or watched or seen or listened to and it's just something we want to share to the finest work fans so this is kind of a weird share time i'll fully admit but this is one that has stuck with me for a couple weeks now i'm going to recommend here for share time a live version of a song that came out in i think 1978 12 minutes long so buckle up because i think in my mind this is the greatest live performance of any song of any band of all time whoa and it's dire straits sultans of swing it was originally on the live album Alchemy. I believe it's at the London Odeon. There's nary a stray note in this whole thing oh, for really? 12 minutes. He nails it. Just as amazing as the drummer for at the time, Terry Williams. His ability to keep up is just impeccable. The reason it's 12 minutes long is... Because it's Dire Straits. Because it's Dire Straits. And they do like a little slow down and they speed back up thing. Let me play a little clip. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's good. I don't know who the rhythm guitarist is, but man, he's having a great time. And here's the thing the rhythm guitarist gets a solo, but Clapton. When they played the song, did not. Didn't get a solo. Now, man. it's a very short solo, and it's almost more of a fill than a solo, but the rhythm guitarist does get to not floor it up a little bit. That's one of the biggest flexes of all time. First of all, getting Eric Clapton to play rhythm. Yeah. You know he didn't say come play rhythm. You know he said, "Hey, come jam with us." Yeah, right. Also, you're going to play this and this only. Yeah. He was not messing around. You got something for us for share time this week? I do, and I've been sitting on this for months. I wanted to share this close to when it was coming out so that everyone could hear this okay. and hopefully go get it. This is a book called How to Stay Married by Harrison Scott Key. Harrison Scott Key is a novelist, mm-hmm. humorist, great follow on Instagram oh, yeah. and Twitter. And he wrote a book called The World's Largest Man. And I recommend getting that 
on audiobook. I listen to it regularly. Okay. It's about him growing up. I see you writing it down, Matt. I am writing it down. Yeah. Don't listen to the thing <laughs> Matt says. It won the Thurber Prize for American Humor. Oh, wow. Which yeah. has also been won by mm-hmm. Wake County's own David Sedaris. Yep. I'm reading David Sedaris' new book right now. He did a follow-up book, Congratulations, Who Are You Again? Which is funny. And then he came out with this one. Okay. And here's the jacket description. Sure. One gorgeous autumn day, Harrison discovers that his wife, the sweet, Funny, loving mother of their three daughters, a woman who spent just about every Sunday of her life in church, is having an affair with a family friend. This is a next-door neighbor. Oof. This revelation propels the hysterical, heartbreaking action of How to Stay Married, casting our narrator onto the factory floor of hell, where his wife is now in love with a man who, quote, wears cargo shorts on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> what will he do? Kick her out? Set fire to all her panties in the yard? Beat this man to death with a gardening implement? Ask God for help in winning her back? It's unreal has, true, true story it's a true story okay and he lays it all out wow i can't think of anyone else who could write this book because he is so honest mm-hmm. and it's so raw and it's so relatable if you're married yeah because you immediately go oh she's having an affair he must be awful and she's awful and yeah. you know yeah, yeah. but really as they unpack it you go oh the dynamics they're experiencing Mm-hmm. is found in every marriage. Sure. And so if you're married, read this book. Okay. So I was able to get an advanced copy because... Because you're in the, on the award-winning Finest Works on Spot. Yeah, I just sent a copy of Wake Living Magazine <laughs> to the publisher. No note or anything. I just sent a copy. <laughs> just, you circled like podcast. And- yep. Now I'm hoping to have him on one of the CT podcasts. Yeah. And so I reached out to nice. get an advanced copy. Of all of my share times, I can't stress enough that you should read this book. Awesome. You got an advanced copy. So is it out? Is it available now? It's released on June 13th. Okay. His wife has a chapter too that gives you some semblance of what happens in the end. It's just two words. He is lying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy now. Yeah. Meet my new husband, Chad. (laughs) This is his neighbor. And so (sighs) he doesn't give his real name, but he calls him Chad the whole time. He's in hell. Is that the end of his rope and still he's throwing like funny little jabs about chat in there if you don't follow him like his like instagram and it's one of the smartest and most clever and just hilarious things going on right now so thanks for offering that on this edition of share times what are we here to review today well, naturally, we're talking the likes of Kenny G and Tina Turner. It only makes sense that we would be talking today about Rage Against the Machine's debut album. Before we get into it, we'd like to begin with our memories. Matt, what does a memory have associated with rage? I have a very distinct memory of playing a concert in college with the, I'm sure, legendary band Safety, which we've talked about before, named for a fart game. Mm -hmm. And we did a concert on the back deck of Lee Hall over here at NC State. It was a free concert, you know, not surprising. We had some originals, but Mm. we, we played White Zombie. Also, we did some Con L's. Yeah, you did. So we were all over the place. <laughs> and then we also did Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. I switched it up and played bass on that song. What I remembered most distinctly about this is our lead singer, Chase, 
who was one of my college roommates, grew up down the street and done. We wanted people at the show, so we invited friends and family, obviously, to come to this this free concert. But he distinctly told his parents, when we get past this song, I really would appreciate it if y'all just left. You're not going to want to hear the next couple songs, one of which being Killing in the Name. I remember his parents, they sort of walked behind us into the dorm, kind of like they're walking through it to the other side to leave. And we saw them circle back around as we're playing Killing in the Name. We get to the end and Chase is singing, you know. Does he do it? Oh, yeah. All the lines? All the lines. All All like 17? All 17, 16, 17, as loud as he could. And (laughs) and we look over and his father is just smiling, clapping along, could not have been more excited and more proud. You know, we always joke because he would always say everything was tremendous. That's tremendous. Yeah. And we got done with the concert and he's just like, guys, that was just so tremendous. Like, <laughs> he, he loved it. And you know, it had rained like, you know, a couple of days before or the day before. So it was kind of muddy. And Jeff, who was the, one of the guitarists, I think it was the end of the song, throws his guitar, rock star style, and it like just sticks in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> there were people sticking their heads out of the dorm telling us to shut up and stop, you know. Well, and then he just said, F you, I won't do what you yeah, tell exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> over and over Probably again. didn't help. Yeah. That's my memory. That's a great memory. What about you? What's your memory of Raging Against machine the memory i have associated with this is being home from college it's summer you've got a summer job but you're just excited because you don't have any schoolwork going to the beach on your days off great memory so nothing specific as much about the band as much as we just would blast oh yeah as we would drive down to the beach yeah simpler times matt yes all right well let's jump in rage against the machine their self-titled debut begins with bomb track It's a little anticlimactic so far, man. Is this it? Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. Don't the fuck track. And some of you thinking that they can fake this. 
when Rage Against the Machine came out, to me, and I'm assuming to a lot of people, it was so unlike anything else I'd heard. Yeah. In what way? We had had these kind of rock and rap mashups, yeah. if you will. For one, it seemed heavier. Yeah. Angrier. Yes. Because up to that point, it was almost more fun, like... Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did rap over like rock stuff? <laughs> right. The only other thing I somewhat compared it to was Body Count, Ice T's heavy metal band. I've some friends that we still will get together, and one of us will reference a Body Count line. And yeah. part of it was novelty at that time because it was like, this is fun. This is Ice T putting together a heavy metal band. Some of the same themes of police brutality and taking advantage of being in power and mm-hmm. you know suppression that sort of thing. But even still, there was kind of a wink and a nod. Like, this is Ice-T's kind of side thing for fun. It's not super serious. Like, he's not doing this for the rest of his career. You don't get the impression that Ice-T would really go storm a place. Right. Whereas, like, Rage, they probably have plans. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A lot of their profits go towards these causes. They protest. I mean, it's more than just lyrics. They remind me again, at a much angrier, militant level of a band like Midnight Oil, who is so solely focused on causes and changing things that every line is dedicated to Their whole existence. Their whole existence. I think in a lot of ways, too, Rage Against the Machine was a gateway drug to other like more hardcore rappers and, and things like that that suburban white kids probably wouldn't have really paid much attention to. Your ears kind of perk up like, oh, not only are they using punk and metal and hardcore kind of music that I like and, and drawn to, but they're singing about other themes that maybe I haven't really paid much attention to as a 16, 17-year-old in North Carolina. They introduced a generation of little white dudes to Che Guevara and nothing about it. Or if we had known about them, it would have been taught in schools in a way that would have just painted a different picture. A different picture. Absolutely. And that comes from a former history teacher telling you the books that we teach from and that we were taught often are, you know, histories. It's told by the winners. But another way to put that is it's told by people in power. Yeah. And they're going to paint the picture that they want. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt, there's a band called Jazz Against the Machine. (laughs) Let's listen to uh, their version Yes. Didn't have the same impact. Not quite the same energy. What if like there's a, like a big protest about police brutality or something and they're like, "Well, folks, we wanted to get rage against the machine, but they weren't unavailable. <laughs> so, give it up for a jazz against the machine." <laughs> they have kids music of yeah, popular songs right. here's Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar. Don't go to sleep. Yeah. Sweet dreams of revolution. (laughs) Did you ever do that? Did you ever get that stuff for your kids? I think I had a CD or two of Metallica lullabies. It's a great idea, whoever did that. It is a great, yeah, it is great. From a marketing standpoint. It's like we talked about with the uh, Burger King commercial with like Marvin Gaye. It's like all of a sudden these people who are kids when these songs were big are making the purchasing decisions and are having their own kids and it's like these people are all parents now they're, they're gonna be nostalgic for a rage against the machine and they mm-hmm. want to pass it on to their kids in lullaby form <laughs> <laughs> all right next track killing in the name mm-hmm. 
absorb forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces draw the same that bar crosses. I love the story that Tom Morello was teaching guitar to someone and he was teaching the drop D tuning mm -hmm. and came up with this riff and had to stop and record it right then so he wouldn't forget it. That's awesome. You get to the solo sort of part of that song. Yeah. Again, one of those like urban legend kind of things. Me and my friends, we always heard and talked that he was using like a drill, an electric drill. That also kind of like added to like the mystique of, you know, Raging Machine. There, there's this essential, you know, angry punk hardcore band singing about all these serious causes. And then you've got this just amazing musicians. Tom Morello was almost like the new thing in guitarists. Oh, he know. was. Yeah. Nobody could figure out what he was doing. No. In terms of the pedals and how he does. I still don't know how he does it. Having listened to Body Count, those of us of a certain age had seen the Rodney King video and the LA yeah. riot. So yeah, that's right. This idea about police brutality wasn't anything new. It was kind of new to have it sung about. So obviously and blatantly non-African American artists. That was a huge eye-opening thing for me, honestly. Yeah. We're not gonna play it, but it ends with him saying, F you, I won't do what you told me. Sixteen times? Something like that. It's like Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone by Bill Withers doing I Know, I Know, I Know. Yeah, <laughs> over and over again. Even when the band drops out, he does it four more times. It's powerful. In 93, mm -hmm. a BBC radio DJ accidentally played the full oh. uncensored version. Of course, there were all kinds of complaints. <laughs> I don't think he would realize it until the end, right? That's true, because it's only at the end. But I like the idea of it playing and him being like, oh, shoot. I wonder if anybody's going to notice that. <laughs> oh, there it is again. Okay. Oh, uh, I'm fired. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps going on and on and on. And he didn't turn it off. We had a radio class in high school. And so, you know, we could hear the monitors playing like in the classroom and stuff. I like to think this guy looked at the track and said, oh, the song is, you know, 
five minutes long. Yeah. Plenty of time for me to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and he's in the bathroom and he's got like the speakers playing in the bathroom and he's just like frantically trying to pull his pants on <laughs> to get back to the studio. <laughs> Matt, this song has been covered by many people, including Darius Rucker, Darius Rucker, Darius oh, Rucker. Gosh, I wish. Matt, this is Zach Brown Band. Oh. <laughs> And he's got a violinist playing. Let's fast forward a little bit. Wow. This is a stereotype, Matt. But I'll just say that the audience at a Zach Brown Band show... Singing yes. this lyrics. Yes. There's a lot of irony in that. Maybe a tad. Yeah. As The Onion once said on a mug you could buy, stereotypes are a real time saver. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2009, another English DJ, not the same one, mm-hmm. you know, the whole UK Christmas number one. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've seen Love Actually, so yeah. you know. They were trying to prevent the winner of The X Factor, which is a one yep. of the singing. Talent show. Yeah from getting the UK Christmas number one for the fifth year in a row. They got on Facebook and tried to get people to buy this song instead. <laughs> you know, and Rage got behind it and said that they would give all their money, the profits, to charity. Yeah. And so then all these artists got behind it. Paul McCartney got behind it. So Rage came on BBC Radio Live and performed the song. You know, you can't cuss yeah. on the radio. Right. And Zach De La Rocha started out singing just, I won't do what you tell me. But then after a few lines, he, he couldn't, couldn't hold stop. back. <laughs> just started <laughs> they sold more than five hundred thousand copies someone came in at the last minute and got the number one but okay. they they did reach number one. Oh, nice yeah. good for sir paul mccartney getting behind that yeah still got a little re- rebellion in him the more i've listened to the going back and listen to this album zach de la roche's uh mm-hmm. is his equivalent to like the david lee roth scream yeah he doesn't overdo it every time he does it it fits perfectly and you like want to pump your fist into the air one of the things that stands out to me too is that with as much energy and passion Mm -hmm. i don't understand how they play at the tempo they play how do you not how do they control it how do they control it they have such control and i saw them last summer they came to pnc arena taylor roberts our guest on the elbow epipod he and i went primarily we were going to see run the jewels right but they're opening for rage yeah so this was a covid show Mm-hmm. They got postponed to 2021 and then again to 2022. Right. I think it's the tightest show I've ever seen. They didn't have in-ear monitors or yeah. anything like that. I don't even remember them counting it off. They just played so locked in. <laughs> right, here, I'll play a little clip for you. We might have to post this video on our Instagram account because we were on the side, uh-huh. right beside the stage. Like, so we were looking cross section, <clears throat> yeah, and just looking at the crowd jumping and moshing. I was just blown away by how tight they were. They're the dire straits of <laughs> hardcore punk rock exactly. rap scene. Exactly. Not the first one to refer to them no. as that. No, I'm sure. Right. All right, let's keep going. Track three: Take the Power Back. Thank you. 
Seinfeld. <lacht> <lacht> would be very different you could essentially take that theme and that title and the energy of that song and put it into a peter paul and mary 1960s folk song it would have been in place and of its time there it just happens to have some 1990s energy with it and anger that was probably missing from the early protest songs yeah it's funny to think that the early protest songs were so gentle yeah in terms of the the way the music sounded the thing that it makes you think about is like, especially with this song, it's this idea of power, which mm-hmm. it's a common thread throughout human history. Often we reduce things to good and evil, but a lot of times it's power and powerless. Yeah. I mean, this song, we got to take the power. This is American Revolution. Right. Any revolution is about those who are being trod upon and oppressed and oppressed rising up. Mm-hmm. That's why. Hey, listen, it's a political album. We're going to get political. America was a revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, that's just the history of our country. Yeah. We rose up against tyranny. Yeah. But even the tyranny was like, what? That they taxed us and didn't represent us? Right. You know, that it was like, we didn't want that. Well, we were a colony. Yeah. And the irony of that, like, they weren't enslaving us. No. We just didn't get the representation that we wanted. And so there's this idea of independence and democracy. The irony of that is like, those same people then. Enslave others. Yeah, yeah. So the song could have been sung by the people revolting for the American Revolution. Right. And then the song could have been sung by the slaves. Yep. It comes down to power. So much of human history comes down yep. to power. The history of America is so messy. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't run away from it and not address it. Rage Against the Machine is more than happy to address it. Yeah. In every single song. So let's talk about the band a little bit. Zach De La Rocha, uh, his father's Mexican-American and his mom's as Mexican-American and also German and Irish heritage. And his dad was an artist, so punk rock that at one point he didn't like, I guess, how his art was being used. He ended up burning his art in front of his son. <laughs> like, how do you not grow up and be the front man of Rage Against the yeah, Machine? Right. You know? The other guys are into that, Yeah, but it seemed like he was... He's really into that. Because they went on and played in Audio Slave. Audio Slave. And, you know, yeah. he's not doing that. Tom Morello now has a show on... Satellite radio XM. Does he really? Yeah. And it's really good. I mean, like, not surprisingly, he's super intelligent about not just music, but 
culture and news and everything else. Yeah. He has his mom on a lot as a like, co-host. And awesome. she sounds like just a sweet old lady who's just super proud of her son. Yeah. You're right. Like, I mean, when years later you get to Audio Slave, mm-hmm. the tones and, and the musicality is there. And it's the same. Yeah. The anger is not there. It's a different kind of energy with Chris Cornell, which it should have been. It's more melodic. It's more pop-driven than Rage Against Machine. But Zach, he would never do that. No. He went on and did solo work of far-left gatherings and mm-hmm. doing stuff with the likes of Billy Bragg and like yeah. that, whose right. life is protest music. Mm-hmm. Matt, Tom Morello played with Bruce Springsteen. Really? Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't either. Matt, he filled in for Steve Van Zant, and he played on eight of the 12 tracks on High Hopes and even sang some lead vocals. What? What? I had no idea. I didn't know he ever sang. Me neither. Let's hear let's hear a little bit of this. I think that's him. It's got to be. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Jacob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Not bad. Yeah, he sounds pretty good. That's good. I had no idea. Matt, you may know. Tom Morello. Went to Harvard. Mm-hmm. What other musicians went to Ivy League schools? This is from a, a website called therichest.com. Oh, okay. Okay. Lauren Hill went to Columbia. Okay. John Legend went to University of Pennsylvania. Okay. He went to high school when he was 12. John Legend? John Legend. He turned down Harvard. <laughs> Take that. Art Garfunkel, Matt, Uh-oh. went to Columbia. Wow. <laughs> he studied art history, so he kind of is a little useless yeah. without Paul Simon. Right, right. So it's funny that he went and got kind of a useless degree. <laughs> what, what if Paul Simon went to like Harvard and was like, <laughs> Harvard's number one, Columbia's number three, I'm still better than you? <laughs> it says, wait, from both his solo work and his work as Simon Garfunkel, he's racked up eight Grammys. You can't tell me that Art Garfunkel got a Grammy on his own. Let's see. <laughs> For what, Art? He went to art history, and he's like, oh, I thought this was the story of my life. You guys don't want to hear about me? I don't see anything that says in his solo, he didn't get a Grammy on the song. Jeez, come on now. Come on, internet. All right. Matt Huey Lewis went to Cornell University. Oh, land-grant university. The NC State of the Ivy League. What does that mean, land-grant? It means it was like founded in Abraham Lincoln's time to educate non-liberal art students so for oh. farming and engineering and i always think of uh andy yes andy bernard the nard dog <laughs> the nard dog about cornell <laughs> matt he got a perfect score on the math of the sats huey lewis huey lewis That's some good news right there <laughs> tom morella did go he's a harvard man i wonder if he goes back to the where's like a big crimson sweater with a big h on it sings acapella <laughs> wait a minute matt when he moved to L.A., he supported himself by working as a stripper. Tom Morello did? Yeah. So he went to Harvard. <laughs> he said that Brick House was his jam. <laughs> Does it say what his stripper name was? No. Tommy Morsel. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> what a life. Okay. Uh, yeah. Good thing music came around. All right. Other guys in the band. You've got Tim Comerford who's best known as being the bassist and also the guy who climbed on the set during the MTV Music Awards. Yeah, that's right. When Limp Biscuit won. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so a band like Limp Biscuit that comes along. Right. They play similar music, but they're so lame. Right. Why is Rage so great? Like, what's the difference? 
besides rage feeling very sincere. There's always that fine line between being overly earnest Mm -hmm. and being sincere. I think rage gravitates towards the sincerity. They don't come across as bros. No. I mean, he went to Harvard. Yeah. Zach De La Roche is like a political activist. Right. They they seem like kind of, in a good way, nerdy musician type. Whereas the other bands, I mean, stupid, what's his name? Fred Fred Durst. Durst, Like, dude's like epitome of a bro. Yeah. You could genuinely love doing the kind of music that you do if you're Limp Bizkit and think it's great and be all in on it. There's still a little bit of like a, a wink. We're not really all in on this. We enjoy playing it and it, it sells, so we're going to do it. It's similar to like, I don't know, Metallica mm-hmm. would be more like Rage, whereas like mm-hmm. Limp Bizkit and them would be more like, like Poison. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know metal that well, yeah. so would you say that Metallica would be the one? Metallica or even like a Slayer. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to do the themes that we, we want to do, regardless of what the, the greater public thinks. Yeah. You know, we're going to be true to it. Whereas like a Quiet Riot or something's a little <laughs> right. more like, hey, this is fun and kind of goofy. We kind of look the part, but we're not really the part. Yeah. Yeah. The drummer, Brad Wilk. I mean, Tim, he looks like a straight edge dude. Yeah. Completely ripped. All these tats. They just look like so practice what they preach also the difference too is like if you ran into tom morello at a party you would probably have a really good conversation about a multitude of topics i think if you ran into zach de la rocha at a party it would be non-stop advocacy yeah it would probably be insufferable after about five minutes yeah dude can we talk about something else yeah all right if you ran into tim comerford he would tell you that the moon landing was fake Oh, good. Because he believes that. And he also confronted <laughs> Buzz Aldrin about it at a John Cusack movie premiere. <laughs> so first of all, Tim Comerford's going to a John Cusack movie premiere. I'm going to go settle this once and for all. <laughs> Why is Buzz Aldrin there? <laughs> what life is he living? The high life, man. He legitimately thinks it was faked. You don't, Matt? <laughs> oh, here we go. Hey, everybody. Oh, I got one of these people who believes it's real over here. <laughs> Don't get me started on Earth is Round. To their credit, they stick to their guns. They're all in, whether it's oppression and police brutality or faking the moon landing. I like to imagine Zach the Roach like when he ends take the power back <laughs> by saying no more lies, no more lies. <laughs> Tim gets on there. It's like the moon landing. And the crowd's like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Zach's looking over and like, like seriously, dude. Get off the mic. <laughs> Man, so many great songs on this album. Yeah. Uh, we only got through three. <laughs> I will say that you got the gist. You get the spirit of the album. <laughs> yeah. You can listen to the first song, and that's kind of what you're going to get. And I mean that in a good way. Like, it's an amazing album. Now is the time when we challenge one another. If you had to remove a song, mm. which one would it be? So, what would Rage do? You're going to have to go on a road trip with Tim Comerford and... <laughs> Zach De La Rocha, and they're going to tell you all of their theories. All their conspiracy theories. <laughs> if you don't remove a song Gosh. off this debut album. So Matt, which one would it be? This is pretty tough. There aren't a whole lot that I would choose from or even consider removing from this album. But if I had to remove one, I would remove Settle for Nothing. Father's eyes. Yes, I dwell in hell, but it 
there's an edginess and a darkness and there's a lot of minor key yeah. stuff to this album, which is all good. That one just drags a little bit for me. That's usually the key for me. If it's a song that's a little bit too different from the rest, that just doesn't seem to hit like the others. Agreed. Yeah. That's mine too. That's yours too. Well, that was easy. <laughs> all right. Now it's time for Sleepers. Sleepers is song that's maybe not on like the band's essentials playlist or greatest hits as i was listening to this album one this was a song i kept coming back to and it's a song that i have a memory of this one being a very popular song on the album partly because of again the language of it Mm. it's also apparently a song that continues to be a pretty popular live song for them so my sleepers for this album is a bullet in your head Matt, it's on their essentials. Is it? I looked. I didn't see it. It's on the Apple Music, the Rage Against the Machine essential. Ah, damn. I had to fact check, man. Yeah. We're listening. You don't get to be the best local podcast without research. <laughs> yeah. And also, you can't do a Rage Against the Machine episode and not have some integrity. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, that's a good one. All right. Now it's time for your senior quote. All right. In your high school yearbook, you've got your senior portrait and the opportunity to put a quote underneath that represents the journey you've been on the road that lies ahead Mm -hmm. or some conspiracy theory (laughs) that about the moon landing yeah so matt what would your senior quote be my senior quote from rage against the machine would be from bomb track okay and it would be another funky radical bomb track started as a sketch in my notebook Mm. you get that art notebook maybe you're doing some sketches you're working on your 3D, your perspectives, but then you're also writing down. I'm at least I did. I remember writing song lyrics in it, things mm-hmm. that jumped out at me, and oh, so important at that time. Mine would be from "Take the Power Back." In the right light, study becomes insight, but the system that dissed us teaches us to read and write. Ooh, so-called facts are fraud. Yes, that's deep. Teachers would be like, "Oh, we tried." Gosh, this album turned 30 last year. We're getting old. Crazy. We're getting old, but man, does it hold up. It really does. Yeah. Production-wise, musically, content-wise. As long as they talk about landing on the moon, Rage is going to be here for us. <laughs> are you, are you listening right now? Thanks for listening to another Epipod of Finest Work Songs. As always, we enjoy the engagement, uh, whether it's on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Finest Work Songs, or Facebook. And send us emails, finestworksongs at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe we'll read one of your emails in a future Kenny Gmail installment. All right, we'll see y'all next time. Until then, going out with Wake Up.
Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. 